son. If that doesn't bless you, your blesser is done broke. You need to get that thing in and get it repaired. Amen. That was a blessing. Thank you, uh, Brother Hutchins, Miss Hutchins. Thank you, Shelby. And thank you, Henry. Amen. Or I can't remember the last time I saw somebody do this up to the microphone. Amen. That was awesome. Hey, you're going to need two things tonight in the introduction to this message. You're going to need your Bible, of course. You're going to need your hymnal. Okay? You'll need them both. Amen. Don't worry, I'm not... Well, I thought about having Miss Heidi on the piano, but she's busy tonight uh, taking care of things. But uh, uh, we're going to look at some, some lyrics in our hymnal tonight as we look at the subject of worship. And again, I mentioned this is our 19th uh, lesson in Psalms. You say, Pastor, how many are you going to do? Well, I've done 19, and that's 95, and we've still got 105 uh, let's see, 55 psalms left, and I, I think probably around 30, probably right around there, 30 messages out of the psalms, and we'll just see how long it takes us, amen. It might take us to the end of the year, we'll see how it goes, but I, I know this, I, Lord willing, the last message, unless God says otherwise, but the last message will be Psalm 150, you say, what's that? Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord, praise ye the Lord. Amen. And uh, so we looked at in our last message out of the Psalms, this is a couple weeks back, we looked at uh, Psalm 90, we spend our years as a tale that is told. And we, we applied that to us and our story, and I was very, very personal with it. My story is a story of God's eternality and faithfulness. Aren't you glad God is faithful? God, listen, you know, when you wake up in the morning, if you're privileged to wake up, I can guarantee you this, the sun will rise in the east, and when you finish the day, it will set in the west. And you know why? Because God is faithful. And in verse 2 of Psalm 90, it says, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. I'm so glad we can depend upon God. My story is a story of God's eternality and faithfulness. My story is a story of God's kindness. Psalm chapter 90 and verse number 3 puts it this way, and it's such a good verse. It says, Thou turnest man to destruction and sayest, Return, ye children. You know what God does in His kindness? He lets us have our own way, but He says this, Come back. Come back. Oh, what a God we serve. So kind. Not only kindness and not only faithfulness, but I think about God's sight. In verse number 8, Thou hast set our iniquities before us, our secret sins in the light of Thy countenance. You know, listen to me, young people, God sees every. God sees right now if you're cutting up. God sees if your heart is a million miles from this auditorium. God sees. By the way, that can discourage you, but it also can encourage you. Because God sees all those deeds, all those little things that you do that nobody else knows about, God knows about them. I think about a story of God's days. You know, the Bible says in Psalm 31, 15, my times are in His hand. My times are in His hand. That God numbers our days. How about God's teaching, verse 12? So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. God's grace, of course, verses 13 through 15, and then God's blessing. My, when I think of my story, my story, my life, 
I think of God's grace, I think of His blessing, I think of His teaching, His days, His sight, His kindness, and His faithfulness. Okay, just by way of introduction tonight, we're on the subject of worship. Can I tell you this, ladies and gentlemen? I love the old hymns. I Listen, we don't need a worship team. We need worshipers. It's really what we, I, and I love the old, and I, I know, listen, I've heard the arguments, I, I've heard the arguments, I, I try to process things through, and uh, some people will say, well, you know what, all old songs were once new. That's true, very true, amen, and they'll say this, not all new songs are bad, and that's true, especially when you use the word all, <laughs> Amen. But I will say this, all new songs are unproven. Correct? Uh, the old songs, the, the songs that we have in our hymnal, uh, have faced uh, a formidable foe. And you know what that is? Time. And they have stood the test of time. And I think about hymns, and, and, and the reason I love hymns, I, I love it that they've stood the test of time. I love the truths that are communicated in our hymnal. I love the teaching of proper music and meter. So if you want to just follow along with me, I'm just going to go through just some lines of hymns that just bless me when I think about them. I'm not going to spend a lot of time teaching on them, but look at page number two in your hymnal. Oh, what a song. Come thou fount of every blessing. And look at, again, just, just follow along. Look at the last line of come thou fount. Oh, to grace how great a debtor. Daily I'm constrained to be. Let thy goodness like a fetter. You say, what's that? It's a chain. Bind my wandering heart to thee. And then, well, I think one of the greatest lines in our hymnal, Brother Ewald, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above. Now listen, again, it, this, is not a, this is not a message about mad about new songs and all this. But sometimes new songs are just hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And again, I'm all for saying hallelujah. But I want to tell you the truths that were communicated in that last line are biblical doctrines. Uh, how about uh, page number five? Page number five. You know this song. Holy, holy, holy. Lord God Almighty, early in the morning our song shall rise to Thee. Holy, 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 merciful and mighty, God in three persons, blessed Trinity. What a song. What, what truth. How about page 12? Oh, one of my favorite lines in a hymn, page 12. Rock of Ages. What a song. Verse 2, look at it. Could my tears forever flow? Could my zeal no longer know? These for sin could not atone. Thou must save, and thou alone. And then this one, oh, you think about this. Think about 
being in heaven, standing there. Imagine being at the gate. Imagine someone saying, why should I let you in? Well, I think of this line, in my hand no price I bring, simply to the cross I cling. Wow, what truths, amen. How about page 22? We just sung it. We just sung it. Pastor Alex and I didn't compare notes. Fanny Crosby, what a hymn writer. Blind girl. And by the way, uh, blind due to doctor's malpractice. And yet she didn't get bitter. She loved the Lord, loved her lot in life. Verse 1, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Hey, we were talking about that in our Sunday school class today, about having eternal security, knowing that you're saved. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of His Spirit, washed in His blood. Woo! How about page 25? A couple, couple uh, verses over. Oh. And again, another song right out of Scripture. Verse 2. How firm a foundation. Fear not, I am with thee. Oh, be not dismayed. For I am thy God and will still give thee aid. I'll strengthen thee, help thee, and cause thee to stand upheld by my gracious, omnipotent hand. Again, again, folks, they just don't write songs like these anymore. They just don't. The grasp of truth that the old hymn writers had blows me away, Brother Ken, when I think about... And by the way, we have it right here in this book. You know, I talked a lot this morning about this book. And this book is number one by a long way. But I'll tell you what is number two, and it ought to be, is your hymn book. How about page 26, just a page over. Verse 3, abide with me. I need thy presence every passing hour. What but thy grace can foil the tempter's power. Who like thyself my guide and stay can be? Through cloud and sunshine, oh, abide with me. Woo. How about page 48? Oh, what a sign. And there, there's more. I was just going, literally just going through my hymnal and, and doing this introduction, and I got stuck on this point, Brother John, and I said, you know, I'm just going to keep going for a couple hundred hymns here, and just look, I'm not giving you a couple hundred hymns, I promise, amen. A couple hundred pages, uh, just as I was going through. But uh, page number 48, look at verse 4, oh, for a thousand tongues. He breaks the power of canceled sin and sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. Wow. 53. 53. Tommy's liking it, I know that. 53, verse 3, our great Savior, what a song. Jesus, what a help in sorrow. How many of you experienced His help in, when you're sorrowing days? Amen. Jesus, what a help in sorrow. While the billows o'er me roll, even when my heart is breaking, He, my comfort, helps my soul. 
Hallelujah, what a Savior. Hallelujah, what a friend. Saving, helping, keeping, loving. He is with me to the end. Wow. 56. Oh, what a song. I think next special I sing will probably be this song. Tell me the story of Jesus. Look at verse 3. Tell of the cross where they nailed Him, writhing in anguish and pain. Tell of the grave where they laid Him. Tell how He liveth again. Love in that story so tender, clearer than ever I see. Stay, let me weep while you whisper. Love paid the ransom for me. I'm telling you, you're getting goosebumps reading these. Tell me the story of Jesus. Write on my heart every word. Tell me that story most precious, sweeter that ever was heard. Oh, we sung it this morning, just a couple pages over, page 58. And can it be? Old Charles Wesley, Methodist hymn writer. Verse 3, Long my imprisoned spirit lay, fast bound in sin and nature's night. Thine eye diffused a quickening ray he made alive. I woke, the dungeon flamed with light. My chains fell off, my heart was free. I rose, went forth, and followed thee. About 82, page 82. You got about seven or eight more here. Page 82. Nearer, still nearer. Verse 4. Nearer, still nearer. While life shall last, till safe in glory, my anchor is cast. Through endless ages ever to be, nearer my Savior, still nearer to Thee. Nearer my Savior, still nearer to Thee. How about page number 84? Oh, what a song. Must Jesus bear the cross alone? Verse 1. Must Jesus bear the cross? Must Jesus bear the cross alone and all the world go free? No. There's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. That's, that's something you don't hear much about today. Self-denial, taking up your cross and following Christ. How about page 86? My Jesus, I love thee. Oh. Verse number. Oh, look at verse number 2. I love thee because thou hast first loved me. And purchased my pardon on Calvary's tree. I love thee for wearing the thorns on thy brow. If ever I love thee, my Jesus, tis now. How about page 96? Again, a song we don't sing very often. A great old song. He was wounded for our transgression. Old, old Thomas Chisholm, Eric and I were traveling this morning and uh, we listened to BBN on Sunday mornings and they always have old Alfred B. Smith in his hymn stories at 8 o'clock on Sunday morning. Have the news and then Alfred B. Smith comes on. He was talking about old Thomas Chisholm. Well, you look at that. Verse uh, number uh, 1. He was wounded for our transgressions. He bore our sins in His body on the tree. For our guilt, He gave us peace. For our bondage gave release. 
and with his stripes, and with his stripes, and with his stripes, our souls are healed. By the way, that one's not that old, 1941. <laughs> How about page 108? Page 108. Four more, four more. And then we get into the message. This is all just prepping you. 108, verse 4. Again, another Fanny Crosby song. Rescue the perishing, duty demands it. Strength for thy labor the Lord will provide. Back to the narrow way, patiently win them. Tell the poor wanderer a Savior has died. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful, Jesus will save. How about page 147? The Hutchins sung about that, that heavenly city. Oh, you want a song right? Again, this is just one that just doesn't get sung that often. Charles Gabriel wrote this one. Look at verse number 2. When by the gift of His infinite grace, I am accorded in heaven a place. That's the reason only one, the only reason anybody's going to heaven is because of God's grace. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. Just to be there and to look on His face will through the ages be glory for me. All that will be glory for me. Glory for me. Glory for me. When by His grace I shall look on His face, that will be glory, be glory for me. Well, you think about it, amen. How about, how about page 171, another song, another, another old song that just doesn't get sung very often. This is, this is a song for a high soprano. Where's Miss Desiree? Is she here? She got the baby. Amen. There you are back there. This is a song you ought to think about singing when you get a special, Miss Desiree. What a great song. The Pearly White City. I remember Brother Boston, the lady who used to play the organ at Shalom. The lady that used to play, I heard her sing this song one time, and it about broke my heart when she sung it. It was so good. I said, oh, that's beautiful. The pearly white city. Look at verse number 3. No heartaches are known in that city. No tears ever moisten the eye. There's no disappointment in heaven. No envy and strife in the sky. How about this one, ladies and gentlemen? The saints are all sanctified holy. That flesh isn't going to bother us anymore up there. Hallelujah. They live in sweet harmony there. No fights, no fussing, no feuds. My heart is now set on that city, and someday its blessings I'll share. One more. 186. Oh. This is just, again, the, the thought of this hymn. I, I believe it's a good one to kind of end on as we move into our introduction. Look at verse 2 of Face to Face. Only faintly now I see Him With the darkening veil between 
But a blessed day is coming when his glory shall be seen. Face to face I shall behold him far beyond the starry sky. Face to face in all his glory I shall see him by and by. You know what, you know what music does? You know what the, the hymns do? They are an opportunity for us to worship God. And, ladies and gentlemen, they prepare our hearts to worship. They help us. And by the way, that's why it broke my heart during COVID to put these away. I'm telling you, Brother Jeff, I did not want to do that. I, I mentioned a couple of weeks back, I was at a church where all the hymns were on the screen. The, the notes weren't on the screen, just the words. So everybody was singing melody. Except I was trying to sing bass, Brother Jeff. I was finding, I call them fake bass notes. I was finding the fake bass notes, amen. I'm like, okay, I find the bass part here. And there was a couple people like that, but even this, four-part harmony. You may not, you may be only to make a joyful noise. Thank God you can, amen. You know, we mentioned our key verse. Look at verse number six in your text. And, you know, I don't have a long message tonight, but believe that even these songs kind of set the ground for us. It says in verse 6 of Psalm 95, Oh, come, let us what? Worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. Our topic tonight is worship. Christians use the term worship often, but what is it? What does it mean? What is it not? Again, let's, let's look at our Bibles a little bit here. Uh, we can go to the New Testament. Go to Matthew chapter 15. And we'll look at some improper worship first. And then we'll give you a definition of worship. And then we'll look at some ingredients of genuine worship that are in our text and other spots of the Bible here. But Matthew chapter 15. We see a... A term here, and remember, this is when the Pharisees uh, said to Jesus, "How come your disciples don't wash their hands before they eat? I mean, don't you know that the elders and the traditions have told us you have to do this and do this and do this and do this? And by the way, it's a good thing to wash your hands, but there wasn't anything in the Word of God about it. The elders had made up all these extra things." Look at verse number 9, please. Or verse 8, really. You can go back to verse 7. Ye hypocrites, well did Esaias prophesy of you, saying, This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth, and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. We're going to look at that tonight. But in vain do they what? Teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. Can I tell you something, ladies and gentlemen? I have been accused of being a Pharisee. Well, pastor, you know, you, you ask uh, folks on the platform here to wear a coat and tie. I sure do. I sure do. You ask ladies to wear modest 
clothing. Yes, I do. But none of that adds to your salvation. It's something that we believe is proper, but it, listen, it doesn't mean you're not saved if you don't wear a tie. Good night, I wish. I was so glad when I went to the Philippines and I didn't have to wear a tie. I'm telling you, they had these nice shirts, these barones that they gave us. Brother Jim, I think I, I would like to bring barones here. Everybody have all the men wear barones, amen. But it's just not happening, amen. But I want to tell you this, ladies and gentlemen. If you substitute something for salvation, you're vainly worshiping. And teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. So there's, there's vain worship. Uh, go to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. And here, Paul's sermon on Mars Hill that he gives. In verse number 22, if you look at it there. You remember what had happened? He had seen the, the whole city given to idolatry. It stirred him. And he said there in verse 22, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive in all things ye are too superstitious. For as I passed by and beheld your devotions, I found an altar with this inscription to the own unknown God, whom therefore ye what? Ignorantly worship. See, there are a lot of people that think that they are worshiping God. They're doing so ignorantly, not according to knowledge. So there's vain worship. There's ignorant worship. Go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. And of course, we see this throughout the Old Testament. Over and over and over. Not only the lost, but God's people were guilty of this. Romans chapter 1, you there? Verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the Creator. You know what we call that, ladies and gentlemen? False worship. Idolatry is really what it is. Well, we saw that over and over. Remember, they would have a grove where they'd worship this God or that God. Amen. That's false worship. But in our context, talking about what you and I do, how we live our lives, the command back there in Psalm chapter 95, and go back to Psalm 95 with me in verse 6. Oh, let us worship and bow down, let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. I, I was looking for a definition of worship, and they're hard to come by, they really are. I like this one. Again, this one's not perfect, but I believe it, it really uh, encompasses what true worship is. And it's by uh, a writer named Wearsby. Warren Wearsby has a book called Real Worship. It's a good book. He says this, Worship is the believer's response of all that he is, mind, emotions, will, and body, to all that God says and does. It is a loving response that is balanced by the fear of the Lord, and it is a deepening response as the believer comes to know God better. Meaning, the more you love God, the more you fear God, the more you truly worship Him. 
When you find out more about who he is, the more you long towards. And, it, and it's, again, it's all of our being, not just our mind but also our will, our emotions, our body. We're to present our bodies a living sacrifice. And so, I think about, there are many songs in our hymnal about worship. Many. Uh, verse uh, number 37, again, I'll just uh, read it to you. Oh, worship the King, all glorious above. Oh, gratefully sing His power and His love. Our shield and defender, the ancient of days, pavilioned in splendor and girded with praise. That's one song about worship. Oh, Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works Thy hands have done, I see the stars. Amen. You know that song. Then sings my soul. My Savior God to Thee, how great Thou art, how great Thou art. And then the one we sung tonight, that Pastor Alex stole my thunder. Christmas in July, my pastor's going to disown me. Oh, come, let us adore Him. By the way, you don't have to wait till December 25th to do that. Christ the Lord. Let's look if we could tonight. Most of it will be right here in Psalm 95. Let's look at ingredients or components of genuine worship. Ingredients or components of genuine worship. First of all, look at verses 1 and 2. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before His presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto Him with psalms. Say, what what do you see there, Pastor? First ingredient or component of genuine worship is singing. Singing. We don't just sing here at Loomis Park Baptist Church to fill time. We don't just sing because it's on the schedule, though it is always on the schedule. We sing here amongst the congregation of the righteous because it is a genuinely important ingredient and component of worship. And I will tell you this, there is nothing like singing. One of my favorite events has been for years here at Loomis Park Baptist Church is our hymn fest. And it is a blessing when we have not only our church, but we have Faith Baptist Church and Fellowship Baptist Church and Maple Grove Baptist Church and Green Meadow Bible Baptist Church and all these churches from the area come and we all sing together. And we sing some of these songs that I've listed. And there will be times, Brother Jim, where I'll actually stop singing and just listen. And I'll think to myself, Can you imagine one day when every nation and tongue and kindred are all going to get together and here's the song we're going to sing. Worthy is the Lamb. Every voice, every redeemed voice is going to be in perfect pitch and perfect harmony. I'll tell you what, we're going to get glory bumps on top of our goosebumps that day. Amen. Singing. 
This entire psalm, by the way, gives reason after reason why we are commanded to worship God through the singing of His praises. Look at verse 3. For the Lord is a great God. He's worth singing about. He's a great king. He's worth singing about. He's above all small g gods. You know, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is when, I believe it's in uh, 2 Samuel 6 or 1 Samuel 6, I always get them mixed up, but when they take the ark and they put it in the same room with old Dagon, the idol of the Philistines. Remember that story? And they come in the next day and Dagon's fallen over and his arms broke off. He's just an idol. And then they put prop Dagon back up, and they didn't have any super glue back then, or no gorilla tape, amen. And the next day they come in, Brother Steve, and there's Dagon's other arms broke off. And his head's broke off and all that. You know why? Because he's not a god. He's just an idol. And yet somebody touched the ark, Uzzah did, thought he'd help God out, and God killed him. God showed his power and his presence, and that he's to be feared. Well, I think he's worth singing about. His triumphs and His glories. Remember when the exodus happened? What did they do? They sung. Hey, you remember when uh, the chariots were drave into the mud in the book of Judges? And you know what they did? They sung a song of triumph. You know, there's a lot of wonderful songs that we can sing to our King. You say, I don't sing very well. Who cares? I I remember our associate pastor at our home church, uh, Brother Boston, remembers old Michael Pratt. Michael Pratt would be sitting up there. Person get up to sing the special. Little little person come up all meek, and they get ready to sing the special. Brother Pratt was from the south, and he'd say, "Sing loud." <laughs> he'd say that every time somebody'd get up and sing a special. Go, sing loud. Hey, you may not be able to sing well, but you can sing loud. Right. You can. Love. Yeah. By the way, I've heard people that couldn't sing well and sung loud, and you know what it did? It brought a smile to my face every time. I was like, well, he's giving it all he's got. Amen. Shame Uncle Joe's not here tonight. I'd really be giving it to him tonight. Amen. You're probably watching online. Love you, Unc. Singing. How about verse 2? Not only singing is an ingredient or component of genuine worship. Verse 2. Let us come before His presence with what? Thanking, thanking is a component of genuine worship. You can do much without gratitude, but I will say this, I've said this for many years, gratitude is the seedbed of the Christian life. Gratitude is the seedbed of the Christian life. When you truly worship God, you're grateful for all that He has done for you. There's a song we sing in our hymnal, For All He's Done. I want to lift my hands and pray. It's a choir song, For All He's Done. He's done so much for us. You know what you ought to say? At some point every day of your life, if you're saved, you know what you should say? In genuine worship, thank you. There are times I, I walk our property, and I just I don't say much, Brother Jim, but I do say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your goodness to me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for my family. Thank you for your goodness in my life. 
Thank you for these temporal blessings I get to enjoy. Thank you for freedom, Americans. And then you can really thank you for the Bible. Thank you for all the benefits of salvation. Boys, if you don't be quiet right there, I'm going to put you on this front row. All three of you, don't look at each other. Look up here. And all God's people said, singing, thanking. How about verse 6? Look at it again. Oh, come, let us worship and what? Singing, thanking, bowing. By the way, that doesn't just mean getting down on your knees, and a lot of people do that in, in their prayer time or, or whatnot, but it, it, it's the idea of a humble spirit. See, to truly worship God is to recognize who He is and also who you are. Bowing. And I'll tell you what, when you, get, when you get a true glimpse of God like Isaiah did in Isaiah 6, remember that? He said, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. And you know what he said? I'm a sinful man. Amen. And it'll bring you to the place of humility and reverence. And by the way, also awe. You know why? Because that holy, righteous, just God loves you and died for all your sins. Singing, thanking, bowing. Go over one chapter. Psalm 96, verse 9. Psalm 96, verse 9. We'll see, we see two things here. It says, Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of what? Holiness. You know what I see here? I see not only singing and thanking and bowing, I see practicing. And that is simply this. Living holy is worship. It's worship. It's not easy. Amen. Don't pretend it is. If you think living holy is easy, then you are a visitor from heaven. I've got this flesh that still wants to do whatever it wants to do. And it never wants to do what God wants to do. But I will tell you this, he says right here, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. When you look at His holiness, he says, be ye holy, for I am holy. This idea of living a sinful Christian life, it's a shame. It's a shame. Amen, church. It's a shame. It's one thing to stumble. It's one thing to, you know, lose the battle occasionally. That happens. But I'm talking about living consistently in sin. No, we're supposed to live practicing holiness. But then also, at the end of verse 9, so not only practicing, bowing, thanking, singing, it says, fear before Him. Again, fearing. Fear before Him. Psalm 95 and 96, again, list reasons to fear Him. Go back at Psalm 95, look at verse 4. In His hand are the deep places of the earth. 
You know, I think recently this, there was a, uh, a submersible. I mean, I think a lot of us heard this story. It's very sad. What was even more sad is all kinds of people making fun of these people that died. And I realized it wasn't the smartest thing in the world to do. But you remember that, that submersible went down and these, these people died. They were, they were going down to look at the Titanic or whatever it was. You know, this, this verse says right here, the deepest places of the sea are just in God's hand. You know what that should cause you to do, ladies and gentlemen? It should cause me to do? Fear. Fear Him. Reverence Him. Verse uh, 5, the sea is His and He made it. His hands formed the dry... This is, listen, ladies and gentlemen, I heard somebody yesterday mention God and they mentioned the man upstairs. He's not the man upstairs. He's holy, almighty, creator God. Part of worship is fearing Him properly. If you're a dad, you listen to me. You have small children, you make sure they fear you properly. You don't, they don't need you to be their buddy. They need you to be their dad. Uh, again, my dad saw to that. There was one time I got too big for my britches, and my dad let me know very quickly that that was a mistake. And I'm thankful he did. And it was sir after that. Sir. Singing. Amen. Thank God for singing. Thanking. Bowing. Practicing. Fearing. Now let's go to the New Testament. We've got two more and they're in the same verse. Go to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. Here's the story between, uh, of the conversation between Jesus and the woman at the... I love this. Uh, if you start in verse 16, Jesus saith unto her, Go call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In this thou saidest truly. In essence, he said, you know, you forgot to mention that you'd already been married five times and you're shacking up with somebody, but it is true, you don't have a husband, is really what he's saying here. The woman saith unto him, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And then look what she says. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour is come when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. And again, this was an ignorant form of Samaritan worship here. He said, Ye worship, ye know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. Jesus was a Jew. He came of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true what? Shall worship the Father in Spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to... And here it is, verse 24. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Probably the most important two components of worship are these last two. Singing, yes. Thanking, yes. 
Bowing, yes. Practicing, yes. Fearing, yes. But first of all, ladies and gentlemen, number six, we're to worship Him in spirit. You know what that means very simply? It means from the bottom of your heart. From the bottom of your heart. You know, that was what God judged so harshly in the Old Testament, was false worship. You know why? Because it divided His people's hearts. He had done all for them. You've got to read Ezekiel chapter 16. We just had that in our Bible reading. I think it was last week. And it talked about how that baby that's left in the middle of the field. And, you know, it's got all its filth all over him. And God said unto it, live, live. And God cleaned it up and took care of it. And he's given that illustration as the nation of Israel. He said, I've done it all for you. Why wouldn't you worship me? Hey, let's take that a notch up, Christians. Think about all that God has done for us to save us, to set us apart, to bless us, and yet our heart is divided between the world and Him. Here's what God says. Worship me in spirit. You know what He says? He, Jesus told us when they asked Him, what's the great commandment in the law? He said, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy... Remember we are talking about worship encompassing the whole being? Jesus is in essence he's saying, listen, the greatest commandment of all is to worship Him with every part of your being. In spirit, but also in truth. In truth. It says there in John 4.24, they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Remember the great penitential psalm, Psalm 51, when David, after Nathan the prophet, had said, Thou art the man. You remember what he said? He said, Blot out my transgressions. Have mercy upon me, O God. In verse 6 he said this, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Listen, ladies and gentlemen. Worship and I think about modern worship, the praise and worship movement, it's a lot of this and very little of this. And here's what God said. God, listen, God wants us to have a warm heart, but He also wants us to have an informed head. Worship Him in spirit, yes, but in truth. I've had so many times in my life where somebody said, I've got a word, I've got a word of knowledge. i got a word from God. And Brother Jim, they'll start talking and I'll think, no you don't either. Because it doesn't agree with this. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, you ought to be in this book every day because it's part of your worship. Worship Him in spirit and in truth. Our worship, so important, is based on the Word of God. Here's what I want to encourage you today. Let's worship Him. Not just on Sunday morning, though that's part of worship, obeying Him, what He says, amen. <clears throat> not just on Sunday night, not just on Wednesday night, but I'm talking about every day. You can sing Him a song out of the hymnal every day. Just think about, hey, I don't care if you only had one song to sing. 
could be amazing grace. That's a great one. Singing. How about thanking? Just <clears throat> taking time during your day. Could be during your prayer time. Could, could be a uh, time maybe you take a walk, meditate, and say, Lord, thank you. You've been so good to me. How about bowing? This idea of humility before Him. Practicing holiness. Fearing Him. And then worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. Let's worship Him. Amen? Every day. Every day. Father.